Hey, Danny, welcome. We're on another episode of Beyond the Bounce. How's everything going? Everything's going well. How about you? Hey, good. Just out here, like I said, in Chicago, Windy City. It's a, the sun is out today, so it's a it's a warm 40 degrees. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's, it's sunny out here in L.A. right now. It was windy yeah. a couple of days ago, Santa Ana winds, and it was uh, intense, to say the least. Yeah, I remember those winds, branches, acorns, people's trampolines, balls in your yard, you know, just, just craziness. Yeah. You know, the one thing I'm actually looking forward to is getting back to L.A., getting back to that weather. Mm-hmm. I, I can only imagine. <laughs> so today we have Coach Jalisa Ross, a Fresno State legend, 2002 career points. That's a lot of points, D. Yeah, I, I was thinking – have I ever done anything 2,002 times besides waking up and eating? <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> yeah, 2,002 times. Oh, man. I probably put my shoes on, socks, yeah. get dressed, brush my teeth. But 2,002 points, that's a, that's a lot of points. Uh, you know, it's hard to get to 1,000 career points. Yeah. 2,000 2, alone? Yeah, and the best part is she's a two-way player. You, she said uh, she won Defense Player of the Year. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, I, I asked her about that. I said, did they just give you that because it was nothing else? That's something you just didn't have, and she was like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So th- this interview, you know that song, um, "Kiss Me, Kiss Me Through the Phone." Yeah. Yeah, I, I felt like you could feel the intensity through the phone. Oh man, she's um. She was like, no, um, I get buckets, I do this, and then let me tell you the difference about this LBGTQIA. You know, I had to take my time to make sure I didn't forget a letter. Exactly. And and she she uh, she let you take all the time you needed. <laughs> I know. She was probably like, hurry up. So what did, what did you think? What did you find most interesting in, in her interview? Well, I thought, I, I, I thought um, her approach to – to uh, being a student athlete was interesting. I thought, you know, her first go-to was um, you talk to a lot of coaches and uh, what I've heard is um, a lot of, uh, you know, be a lot of practice, a lot of this, a lot of that. Her first go-to was, was memories. Um, and she talked about, you know, uh, really uh, digging down and getting into the trenches of your program and making sure that you're surrounding yourself uh, with a with people that are there to work with you and um, to get better with you and uh, yeah I, I thought that really spoke to who she was um, you know um, I thought it was interesting you know that she looks at uh, looks at recruiting as a as a way um, you know to to further better her understanding of of different cultures and different backgrounds um and uh you know she's really open to listening to people and understanding where they come from um so she can improve herself as a coach and you know uh that that's what this podcast is all about you know um i'm definitely i am by no means uh an expert on all things political and uh you know being politically correct and stuff like that but you know we're here to listen and understand and um uh just you know get to know people a little bit better and where they come from 
You know, I was speaking to one coach today that's coming up. I'm not going to say her name because she's going to be a, a good surprise. And she had listened to a, a couple of our episodes, and she was like, the one thing about Beyond the Bounce is you're actually taking people beyond the bounce. We all know you can coach. We all know you know X's and O's. But she was like, "Let this is giving us a chance, an opportunity to see who people really are. What do you think about that with Coach Ross? Do you think we really got a good grasp of, of who she is and what she's about? Oh yeah, definitely. I think we did. Um, I think I think it speaks to speaks to her as as you know she she's a two way player. She she's multifaceted. You know you have this intense coach, but then you also have this very um, observant and understanding person that understands that she doesn't know everything about another person and. Um, she she talks a little bit about that uh, when she's talking about a lot of the race issues in America and a lot of race issues in, in California. And, um, you know, I thought that was uh, was interesting to see someone that is. Um, so uh, as 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 well said as she is and as intelligent as she is um, understanding uh, that she has her own shortcomings and she works on it every day to improve, to understand people a little bit better. And, you know, that, that's, uh, that's, that's what like America is. Um, you know, we are so different. We're all so different. Uh, but we come together and mostly we come together around sports, you know, no matter where you come from, no matter what city you come from, whatever background you come from, it still applies to did you catch the game Saturday night? Did you see so-and-so put up a triple-double? You know, and we can come together and talk about sports and uh, start going a little bit further and to understanding who each person is. And, and, and to piggyback off of that, did you see Brooklyn lost last night with Kyrie coming back? Yo. <laughs> <laughs> You're not sorry to go off topic. I was just thinking about that. Like Kyrie's first game back and they take a loss in double overtime. Yeah. Uh, I think that says a lot about Brooklyn, but man, Colin Sexton is a baller. Oh man. Do you know what school he went to? Yes, I do. Roll Tide. Roll Tide, baby. Roll Tide. Here we go. Hey, and you know, the 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 comeback series before we let the the listeners hear this episode, to piggyback on what you just said, we all come from different life, different aspects. We have different versions of stuff, but we're we're all different. And to get on that, we will have our upcoming episode with you and I breaking down where you came from and how you grew up, where I came from and how I grew up and basically how we are neighbors now in the same neighborhood. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, I'm looking forward to that one. That's gonna yeah. be an interesting one. Yeah, I know, right? Because <laughs> I think your dad and I, we have, we have the same characteristics when we're at when we're at your sister's and my daughter's game. <laughs> yeah, when, when, when we when we got your mom and, and my wife looking at me, hey, this is a children's game. Can you two chill out? <laughs> I, I've had to I've had to leave before. It's gotten too much. <laughs> But no, man. Well, thanks for everybody. Hey, we hope you all enjoyed this interview. Um, Danny, one last thing, man. I, I have a habit. I got it. You got a nickname. So is it Danny Max? Danny Mac Daddy? Danny, well, well, I got to give you a nickname, man. I got to give you a nickname. You know, uh, my, my, my family and my friends call me Danny Mac. 
Danny Mac. Yeah. That's it. Here you have it. You got Danny Mac, people, the <laughs> executive producer of the Beyond the Bounce podcast. I want to thank you for everything you have done so far, and I'm looking forward to, to creating and having more shows with you. Yep, me too. Let's get into it. All right. Here you go, everyone. Coach Jaleesa Ross, the Fresno State legend. Hope you enjoy it. Keep the political commentary to yourself. Or, or, or as someone once said, shut up and dribble. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Beyond the Bounce podcast. Today, I have a legend. And it's not often that we get real life legends on this podcast. But today... I'm going to do the bragging for her because she's a dear friend of mine. I have known her for the past, whoo, going on a decade now since I've been out in California. And, um, you know, we have a good working relationship. We have good business and a good personal relationship. And she's just a good person. So don't let me take any more of her time and let me introduce Coach Jaleesa Ross. So I'm going to brag about her for a minute because she would never tell you this. So, Coach Jaleesa Ross has played at Fresno State University. She has one NCAA turn appearance, one CCAA championship. She's Fresno State's women's basketball all-time leading scorer with 2,002 points. She was a WBCA All-American, a WBCA first-team All-Region, four NCAA tournament appearances as a player, three-time WAC conference first-team, two-time WAC Conference MVP, WAC Conference Defensive Player of the Year, WAC Conference Newcomer of the Year, three-time WAC Champion, and a three-time – she made the tournament three times in the WAC tournament. She's three-time WAC Tournament Champion. Did I miss anything? No, sir. Sounds good. <laughs> Man. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, you got me sweating saying, <laughs> I, saying, saying all of that. You know, like <laughs> – and, and, and you know that that's 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 a re- hey that's a real good career. So so what what went into to doing that being that player? Memories, man. Like like you just said, it brought sweat to you. It brought nothing but memories to my brain. You know, just thinking about each year and and all the hard work we put in as a group to accomplish those things. And so it just brought back a lot of memories of the people that I sweat with. I you know fought with. I loved on and. We just worked together. It was it was a huge group effort. So did you come into college? So, you know, in my times, we didn't have no four-star, no five-star, no AAU. So on your recruiting trail into college, did you come in as a five-star, as a four-star, or did you have to work to get to that point? I don't know. I didn't know much about rankings. You know, I went to the local high school up the street. Um, I did – I was traveling to San Francisco for AAU team, but I used to live on that side of the bridge. And then when we moved to the East Bay, I had to find a new AAU team. And so I just went where my high school teammates went, which is uh, Arenda Magic. And so it wasn't really like uh, we're chasing anything specific. It was just, here's home. Here's your here's your backyard. Now what you going to do with it? And um, I don't think I was ranked at all. You know, if there were rankings, I didn't know about it. Um, I think I just was put in great opportunities to be seen over my high school career. And, you know, it wasn't as easy to just 
throw your thing on Twitter and, and get the looks. The coaches were out and they were in the gyms and I was I was being seen and, and luckily played some pretty good ball to to have that opportunity. I mean, like like I said, your career, you know, is is a career that many would love. You know, having a Playing, being able to play college basketball on the next level is a blessing, no matter where you play. Absolutely. But actually getting there mm-hmm. and doing what you did and accomplished, can't many, too many people say that on any level. You were a winner all four years. You were the MVP. And then what surprised me, most people that score that many points don't play defense. You got a <laughs> defensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year. Like, like what winning did they give it to you because they couldn't give you anything else? Or you know, what? you know, did you were you locked down? I'm gonna tell y'all a quick story. Uh it's a big reason why I ended up choosing Fresno State. Adrian Wiggins was my coach. Um, he was amazing, still is amazing, and in my life today. But uh he left a voicemail for me in the recruiting process uh one day, and my dad and I listened to it together, and he said, Listen. I'm not going to beg for you. You can play. I know you have skills. He said, your defense is not anywhere where it needs to be, but don't worry about that. I can fix that. He said, luckily for you, I'm really good at teaching defense. So don't you worry about that. Um, And so for him to keep it that real with me in the recruiting process, for my dad to listen to that voicemail and not feel any type of way as a father to say, look, this guy is not sugarcoating, is not – blowing smoke or anything he's giving us the real he's looking at me like well hell i don't know if you can't play defense you getting steals but you ain't doing the dirty work (laughs) (laughs) but so does so does defense win championships or offense you know you know my answer (laughs) you know what defense wins championships but it's a mentality defense is a mentality for him to have the mentality to say you got the offensive arsenal but i can give you the defensive arsenal that's a mentality to have as a coach and confidence to have as a coach to say look i know what i can do for you on the other end of the ball just come and do what you do on this end of the ball you know and it's tough to keep up with a team when they hitting threes you know you getting two for every three they get it's gonna be a long game either way <laughs> that, that's that, that, that's that's amazing. You know, that's my philosophy. Hey, you you, I rather have ten threes than ten twos because them them threes add up. Yeah. But you know, it's just a it's a mindset and it's a philosophy. And you know, coaches do what they believe in. And skipping over to the next, you know, you coaching. How long have you been coaching in college now? Uh, 2015 was my first full year at the college level. Um, prior to that, I was doing AAU in high school for three years. So as soon as I got done playing ball, I got right into coaching. What what made it click in your mind to be like, because you got a, a, a great degree from a great university, but what put in your mind like, hey, I want to coach? Uh, Again, going back to my, my head coach, Adrian Wiggins, man, he's a big part of my life. You know, I told him I didn't really, really know what I wanted to do with my life after basketball. He challenged us to think about those things. And he just asked me, what would you do for free? You know, what would you do for free out there? If money was no object, what would you go and do for the rest of your life? And I said, I I need to impact kids in any way possible, especially kids who have economic disadvantages. Those are the type of kids I like to be around, you know, whether it be learning disabilities, um, financial disabilities, you know, just growing up without that that mentorship, that love in the home, whatever it is, I want to bring that to as many kids as possible. And uh, what better way to do that than coaching a game that is 
very much played on a wide scale in the urban neighborhoods. Right. So not too many people can say it, but after you finish your college career, you got the you got the lifetime experience, experience of a lifetime to go play professional. What was that experience like? Because you went to a place that I want to go to. Yeah. I always seen it on the map, and I like, oh, I, I wonder what it's like. But what what was that experience like, and what was that culture like in that country? You know what? Iceland is beautiful, and it's a place where people, when you tell them where you play Iceland, you know, when you think about basketball, they don't know too much about Europe and and what it's like for female athletes trying to continue their career. It's not as luxurious as necessarily the male athletes. Um, but it was a great experience. Um, Iceland was a was and still is a great starting place for somebody like me who came out of a mid-major. You know, prior to the huge social media boom, you know, social media was happening, but not as big as it is today. And so um, somebody like me coming out of a mid-major in Fresno, where a lot of people from California would even be like, where the heck is Fresno? Um, it would have been a great place for me to really do some damage, get my numbers up, and then find that next home. And so that was gotcha. the goal. But obviously, you know, I don't have control over the time that I get with basketball, just like every other player. You you don't have control over how much time you get. When that ball stops bouncing, that's why I love this podcast, Beyond the Bounce. There's so much more beyond the bounce, but you got to enjoy and take what you can from the moments that you get to play so that you feel no regrets at my age, at your age, you know, when you move on, you don't have any regrets and you have those positive memories, not those negative memories. But right. Iceland was beautiful. The culture was great. They spoke English. They taught English very early. So all the kids spoke English. Um, safest place I've ever been. And I'm a huge seafood lover. Iceland is an island. They serve fish 12 different ways in my first week of being there. I was very excited about that. Man, I would have. I probably would have put some more pounds on. I wouldn't have been running up and down no court. Not with fish. Seafood. Not with fish. <laughs> <laughs> so when you you mentioned beyond the bounds and we mentioned the name because you it's right it's more it's more to life than when that ball starts bouncing and like you said you have to enjoy the time while that ball is bouncing this year and you and i were in the same situation mm-hmm. uh you maybe a little early i had the hardest thing that i have ever had to tell a group of seniors this year and it was like that our see our season was canceled yeah and it, and it goes back to what you said and what I used to tell my kids, hey, coach, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll get it next time. Guess what? Tomorrow's not promised. And the tomorrow is never promised. And you never know when that ball stops bouncing. So what advice do you have to some of these kids coming up that, you know, you may be having a bad day, you may ha- have a bad game, but how, how do you get them to see bigger picture? You know, I think they got to step outside of themselves and create attachments to people like – your teammates, your coaches, those are people I've mentioned my my memories and my coach more than once already. It's only been 12 minutes I've been on here. Um, just big parts of my life. And creating those bonds takes time. It takes effort. Um, having that mentality of me, 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 I got to get this done. Listening to outside folks who are not in the trenches with you is going to put you in a position where you leave college with no memories. You know? Gotcha. You got to make sure that you're creating memories for yourself. And that means you have to be engulfed in that, in that family, in that process, in that program. 
you know. If our if our coaches maybe say we got a day off and the teammates says, hey, come over, I'm going to cook some dinner, instead of you saying, no, I'm going to go kick it with the people that I like a little bit more because I'm tired of y'all, no, you put yourself in that position and you build that memory. You never know what memory is going to come out of that night. But I think building bonds with people is what keeps you going in life, period. But with, with sport, there are not going to be many people in your work world that understand what it's like to be an NCAA athlete and go to school. They don't know what it's like waking up at 5 a.m. to hear somebody blow that whistle in your ear. You know? <laughs> like, they just don't. There's a lot of people you're going to go to work with who will never understand that, no matter how much you try to explain it. And who gonna feel like you were the entitled one? You got to go play sports for a little bit longer. They was working through college, and you was hooping through college, and they gonna hate on you. But it was a job for you, and if you don't take nothing out of it, like the bonds and the memories, then I feel like it's gonna be tough for you to move on after. I, I don't um I don't say I don't like say names on here because I don't never want to incriminate no one or give anybody publicity that they do not want because I ain't trying to get sued. But <laughs> what you what you just said made me laugh. Getting up at five a.m. in the morning and hearing that whistle, mm-hmm. I I'm still that's still engraved in my head. I had one coach when you get on the line, you know, most people say go right. <laughs> he 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 used to blow the whistle and say yep. That was just go. So every time I hear that, it's a flashback to being on that on that line at five a.m. in yeah, the morning. Yeah, man. That'll wake you up. Running, That'll running. wake you up. That whistle will wake you up. That's why the refs got that because it stopped playing. It's a good whistle. It's not that little pee ball whistle that the PE teachers used to have. <laughs> oh, so tra- transitioning over to the next thing, so it goes beyond the bounce. So now. You you have taken on a new role beyond the basketball court, beyond the world of athletics, and it's and it's in a role that you see a lot of colleges, a lot of business, a lot of institutions, a lot of places adding. Tell us about your role and what and what you what you're doing now with it. Yeah, um, I've recently um, been voted as the chair of diversity and inclusion committee for Dominguez Hills Athletics. Uh, I joined the group after there was a call to service to kind of put together a group for the conference, actually for the CCA conference. Then we decided, Hey, we need something for our actual campus, which was great. Um, I am, if you know me, you know, I'm opinionated. I'm vocal. I'm very social. If you don't know me, um, you know, if you don't know me and you only know me from my social media, you know, I play it safe and I'm, and I'm quiet and I just kind of play my role, but, uh, this was something I felt like I couldn't be quiet about any longer. And so I got very vocal after the George Floyd um, incident. And I got vocal about how we do things here in California. You know, I'm a California kid. I was born and raised here. And it's just a lot different. You from the South. And I know we've shared stories and experiences that differ greatly. You know, I'm also an open member of the LGBT community. And so... I wanted to make sure that my voice was heard amongst all these other coaches. And I wanted to make sure my voice had a, had every part of me in it. You know, I wasn't going to be silent anymore. I think I recently just posted something about being silent. There's no more being silent um, about anything about who you are, about what you believe. You know, people need to know what they're getting just like 
you want them to know you all the way? Are you showing them everything as you enter? Are you putting on the suit and saying, this is who I am and giving them the questions and answers that they want to hear instead of completely being yourself and letting them know this is what you bring it into your program, the good and the bad, you know, here's what you're going to deal with. So you, so you mentioned the George Floyd incident. Mm-hmm. So what, and so that was an incident. It's been plenty plenty of incidences before that George mm-hmm. Floyd, but it was something about that George Floyd that lit a fire under our country and, and, and people in this yeah. country. What, 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 what do you think about that fire that was lit? Do you think it's a temporary fire? What do you think we can do to keep that fire going? And do you think there will truly be change in this country? I think the fire was to see the whole thing play out, to, to sit and watch that man for over eight minutes. That was extremely hard. You know, social media has its ups and its downs. And one of the pros was being able to show us that entire thing and watch that man struggle and see the life literally come out of him while people are pleading for help for him. All this over a counterfeit 20. You know how many black people right now would give them a real 20 to get that man's life back? <laughs> Here you go. Right, yeah. You know, you could have had $20 the next day from every black person in Minnesota, I'm sure. <laughs> Not even just black person, but I think just to see it so vividly, like, wow, this was blatant. This was, this was, I think it was meant to happen when it happened, when everything was shut down and people didn't have so much going on. And I think that's what made it so, this fire so big and made others more passionate to see what's happening because they didn't have any of the other distractions, no work, no sports. You know, no restaurants. I'm not out at the bars right now. I'm not thinking about my friends. I'm thinking about sitting in my house and being safe. And here's what I turn on the next morning. And so I think, you know, when things do kind of get back to normal, the the chatter will die down. But that's where we got to lean on our superstars, our, our people with money. You know, LeBron James has been very vocal. The WNBA has been very vocal. Um, and so continuing to lean on them for help with amplifying voices is going to be huge for us to keep this thing going when everything returns back to normal. They may be playing, but things are not back to normal. If you check your ESPN app every day, postpone, 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 cancel, cancel, cancel. Sports are not back. COVID is not gone. <laughs> you know? And, and and that's what I think a lot of people we, we struggle with. Just because we see some teams playing, all teams not no. playing. I'm, I'm, we're sitting at, you know, it, it's just we're not in a situation where we can get everybody back safely now. No. I do think we have made the right decision to stop the spread of this disease. And I think, you know, until there is fully a vaccine that has been tested and is 100 percent positive, you know, I still think people are going to be skeptical about taking taking the vaccine um, with the last couple of days, we haven't seen a George Floyd incident, but we have not. We have seen an incident that we haven't never seen oh, yeah. in our life in our lifetime. I have never seen it in our lifetime. What, what What are your thoughts on that? That's like I was watching the news and I was like, "Oh my yeah. goodness, I I can't believe I'm actually watching this right now." Yeah. What What's your thoughts on that? Like, I was it, it's my yeah. Moment. I was quite positive I was going to see a murder on TV. 
on live TV that day. Um, you know, it's interesting to me because I was I was marching in the streets safely with my mask, but from May up until now, there's been protests all through where I live and I've been marching. And every time I march, I'm worried, you know, do I have enough to protect myself? Do I have enough to protect my fiance? Are we doing the right thing by being out here? You know, do I need to get get into a certain pack of people? Should I fi- figure out what's the best pack of people to kind of be around while I'm doing this instead of just feeling like I'm out here doing the right thing, you know, pounding the pavement, doing the right thing, speaking peace. Um, and so to see see that and know what I've been in the middle of for months and know that those people didn't have that same fear, those same thoughts as they broke into what's supposed to be the most secure place, right? During right. a very important time is kind of, it's frightening. You know, it just adds fear on fear, in my opinion. Um, I, um, you know, we, we have talked, you and I have talked and uh, growing up in the South, you know, I've had my different, different experiences with, you know, with the, with the law enforcement. And like I, you know, like I repeat the saying, I'm a firm believer in it. I have family that is law enforcement. All law enforcement is is not bad. Just like all black people are not bad. And all white people are not bad. You do have a couple of bad apples and a bad seeds that give a lot of people a bad name, but it's in, it's ingrained in me. Mm-hmm. I, as a, Middle age, I guess I'm middle age. My middle age now, I think I'm still young. I, did I just date myself? Nah. As a, I ain't middle age. Look, as a young black man that still got game and still will give you twenty and ten if anybody listens right. out there. But I still, I still get nervous when the police get behind me mm-hmm. and I'm driving. Like for instance, two nights ago, I went to pick up some food, and the police got behind me. I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was just, it, I was just nervous about getting pulled over. Hey, so I cut my blinker on and made a right uh-huh. turn real quick and came back around this the block so go. I could get behind yeah. the cop. <laughs> you know, and it's not that I was doing anything wrong. It's just, hey, I'm paranoid. I've been shell shocked. I've been pulled over enough time in my life, not doing anything, you know, and and having to yeah. go through that. So, you know, my my mindset was, hey, let me just save myself the hassle. And let me save this police off of the hassle and just let me go and put my blinker on and go right, on the next street right. and come back, you know. But we, we shouldn't have to live in the no. world like that. And so what do you say to so you have one of the most diverse mm-hmm. teams and you have been around white people, you have been around black people, you have been around Asian people, you have been around everybody in your career, in your college career, now in your professional life. What's one of the tools you do to bring a group of young ladies together? Um, I think Again, it's about creating relationships and bonds. Like if I know where you're coming from a little bit more, then I'm a little bit more compassionate. I'm, I have more empathy for certain situations instead of just chalking it up to your race or your culture. Uh, you know, that's how they always are when they're from South Central. You know, I'm a, I'm a black masculine presented woman with dreads. And so I have the same fears when I get pulled over or when I get a cop behind me you know I just pretend I'm a, I'm at my destination whatever is to the right that's where I'm meant to go the gas station the grocery <laughs> store that's where I was going I don't care what it is this is where I'm meant to be I'm walking in the store put my mask on and I'm looking around 
<laughs> I mean, we laugh about that's it, not but cool. that's, that's, the, that's yeah. reality for us and for a but lot I of us. But I think the you more know? you know somebody, the more, the less likely you assume that whether you assume their culture is a threat, the less likely you assume they're a threat. You know, that doesn't help you out in the in the world where you're just meeting somebody. Like, it's not always going to be time to get to know someone. But the more people you have in your circle who are different than you, you got to put yourself in those uncomfortable situations. You got to have those conversations. No, it is not like people's job to educate everyone else about social injustices that we feel and how we feel when we get pulled over. That's not our job to educate you on that. But conversations should be coming up, you know, when there's microaggressions being thrown out. There should be people saying, you know what? No, no, no. That's not cool. We're so scared to say that offended me. And we want to take it back. And to be honest, Jason, it's, it's black people cutting down black people. You know? Right. <laughs> no, I, I, I get you. Um, I I was fortunate enough before... I took on this profession in athletics that I worked in um, television Corporate broadcast. America. I love so it. I have, I have, <laughs> I have always been in an environment where we had, we have these conversations and we had these conversations because these were the conversations we talked about in our news meetings or our daily briefing meetings. And, you know, the one thing I learned, and this is what I tell a lot of people most of the time, it's okay mm-hmm. to disagree. It's okay, but it's not okay to disagree just for the sake of disagreeing. On this podcast, we're about finding mm-hmm. solutions. And that's what I think in life so many times that we we blame, we point the finger, we don't like this, we don't like that. Okay, that's fine. What's the solution? How can we get to a common ground that's a good place for both of us and how can we disagree respectfully and i think you know once we can move forward as individuals as a country and we can get to that point i think you'll start seeing a lot of meaningful change with with this country and you know in our institutions where we work in our group of friends i think we we have a soft skin Uh, a lot of us have soft skin a lot of the times and i think that we just need to and this is just my opinion i'm not speaking for anyone and I just think, you know, from being from 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 my wife being white, I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't know that um, when I tell some people you should see the expression. But I think from ha- growing up and, 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 and being in that environment, I think we learn to speak each other's language and we don't become offended and we, we can learn from each other. And I think that's all we need to do is just take the time out. You, you can learn a lot from a person if you just yeah. listen to them. And that's what I try to tell a lot of people. And, and that goes back to surrounding yourself so, with people different than you. You know, don't don't just take the easy road and keep it comfortable. You know, you got to have some different opinions. And I think that's why my boss and I work so well together, John Bonner, because we disagree on a lot of things behind closed doors. But when we get outside them doors, it's a united front in all things, you know, Um but just having people who have a different opinion than you is going to make you deal with others a whole lot better. And growing up in California, I've been able to do that all my life. You know, my stepmother is white. She raised me with my dad. And I would go visit my mom every right. weekend. Who she, you know, she didn't live where where I live with my dad. She lived 
in West Oakland. And we did West Oakland things when I went over there. But that has allowed me to be able to, to, to recruit all kinds of kids and to be in different environments and do well. Um, but I think sometimes people get caught up in, I need to have my people with me, my people only. You know, it starts at the top and it has to trickle down. And like if we and then and to say that when you say my people, my people, like who who are your people? Our our people should be yeah. all people. Because I learned this when I lived in uh Miami before we moved to California. I worked in an office. Uh, my boss was a white man from Indiana, who I still talk to all the time. Uh, but I think him and I and a couple more people, we were the only Americans in the office because, you know, Miami is mm-hmm. a true melting pot. And I remember talking to a one lady. We had a one lady named Anna who was from Jamaica. Um, I didn't know Anna was from Jamaica because Anna looked white to me. And I was talking to another woman, and she was a darker-skinned Jamaican. And she said, hey, go ask Anna this question. She's from Jamaica. And I'm like, what you mean she's from Jamaica? And she was like, she's Jamaican. I'm like, she's white, though. She was like, she's Jamaican. And then the lady looked at me, and she said, hey, this is the only country that I have been in that sees people as color she was like we're from jamaica we're all jamaicans and i remember that to this day and i was like oh i get it now you know because you know i was spent most of my life in the in the, in the deep south and you know mm-hmm. you're either black or you're white and if you were um if you were you didn't even have to be mexican back when i was growing up but if you were hispanic Latino or anything. Oh, they Mexican, you know, just because of the ignorance, mm-hmm. ignorance that we, we didn't know what we weren't educated on. But, you know, that was when I, one of the times when I uh, actually brought that to my awareness that, Hey, we're all Americans, no matter what our skin color is, mm-hmm. we're all Americans. And I think that we should treat each other with respect. And, you know, I think we, it will go a long way, but, you know, moving on off that topic. So, We'll tackle this. So you and you said, so let me get this right. So correct me if I'm wrong. LGBT or LGBTQ? LG, LGBTQIA and a plus is, is kind of the standard right now. Um, I'm not always okay. keeping up with the changes. I do try to educate myself when I do see something new. Um, but that's not, you know, that I think that's a common mistake for... Uh, a lot of people is if you're a member of the LGBTQIA group, if you identify with any of those, then you 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 have knowledge on all of them. And I don't think that that is something that should be just like it's not black people's job to teach white people about black history. It's not anybody's job who identifies with one of those letters to teach about all of that stuff. Does that make sense? Right. No, no, it makes total sense. I just didn't want nobody giving me no hate mail or, you know, you said this wrong and you said this right. Because, you know, we live in a, in a society that is, you know, that, that pays attention yeah. to those details and, and, and is very adamant about stuff. So to go back to that front, that community had a real big part mm-hmm. in this movement, this this new movement that was going on. Um, so do you think that it's going to take every group of people or every different race of people to join this movement to get true change? Absolutely. You know, I think any any minority group that has already fought for specific rights, they've, they've been there. We're going to need all, everybody involved. 
you know? And I think that um, specifically in the LGBTQIA community, there is race issues as well when it comes to some of these things, you know? Um, a lot of a lot of lesbians in the black community take a lot longer to come out because of the home and how it's not welcome. You know, the religious homes kind of make you feel like, oh, let me hide it as long as I can. You know, I was very fortunate to be able to come out right. in high school and to be able to be out in all of the jobs that I've had. Very fortunate. That is not typically the case, even though. I am masculine presenting and can, in my opinion, be kind of picked out of the pot very easily. <laughs> um, right. But I think. No, I'm not saying right to what you're saying. Right. I'm yeah, saying like, but a I think it's just <laughs> any group that has, that has fought before any help is needed. The more we have backing this fight, the better. You know, and I think it's not just a, a fight for one thing, racial equality. I think it's a fight for everybody, for just equality, period. For you to. So everybody's everybody's story is different. And like you said, sometimes in our community, it takes some, you know, it may take someone longer to to mm-hmm. come out or to, you know, become who they are or become themselves. You know, to anyone that may listen and that may be struggling with it. I mean, what advice? might you have for someone i mean you you're this you are very successful in what you have done you have been a very successful athlete you have you have went beyond the bounds so someone that may be listening what what advice might would you have do you have it hurts no it hurts no one but yourself to keep that secret It, it isn't hurting or affecting anybody else the way it's affecting you and hurting you you know you being yourself is not a crime and there is there is a circle for you. You know, a lot of times people don't come out for fear of losing their security blanket, their circle, their friends, their family, all of those things. There, There's a circle for you. Um, and so keeping that in is only going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt anybody else. Well, I, those are some inspiring words, and I know it comes from the heart. You, you, you have been through it. You have lived it, and you are still living it. And you know, we want to thank you for those encouragement, encouraging remarks. And we're gonna shift gears as we go to the next topic in this conclusion. And I call it "You Coming to My Barbecue." So on, on these episodes, okay. I'm having a barbecue. Look, just cause people come out. And they down and they cool. Hey, you just don't get an invitation to my barbecue just because you cool. You got to bring yeah. some to the barbecue. So I need I need a meat dish, I need a side dish, and I need a kid friendly drink because I already know what you got in okay. your red cup. Um, a meat dish. I'm gonna go ahead and, and grill up a burger. I'm gonna bring some of that grass grass fed beef. Okay. And I'm not, these ain't no pre-frozen <laughs> burgers. No, I need to mix my seasonings in, make sure that it's right. And I'm cooking it to order. You know, anybody who wanted medium rare, I'm going to pull it off the grill three minutes before the other ones. Don't trip. I got you. Um, <laughs> I guess down on the grill. That's my thing. <laughs> um, okay. Gas. Charcoal or gas? I can do charcoal only when I go home with my gotcha, parents. Gotcha, gotcha. I have to do charcoal. But I'm, I'm impatient. Okay. <laughs> um. 
hey, that's the world we live in, yeah. right? We want it now. Instant grat instant instant gratification with some of these well, kids. I shoot, want it I and I want it like now. Them. <laughs> they living good. I want to get like them. <laughs> What's the other dish? Side dish. Ooh. The side dish. What you bringing for the side? Side dish is not is not my thing. I probably throw a salad together of some sort. A little poppy seed dress. We eating, we eating lettuce. Dressing. Yeah, spinach. Spinach. Oh, maybe some dry cranberries okay. or something. Hook it up a little bit. And uh, what Hawaiian we drinking? Punch and seven up. You said kid friendly, right? Why <laughs> punch and seven up? Yep. <laughs> Coach, thanks for coming on today. It was a pleasure talking to you. Um, I know a lot of times people shy away from some of the, the topics that we discuss, but I want to say thank you for being truthful and being who you are. And you're welcome on the Beyond the Podcast anytime. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate what you're doing, you know, talking about beyond the bounce and outside of the actual game is a, is a big piece. And I think mentally it's a great check-in for people right now. So please try to reach out to as many as you can. And I think it'll be a great mental kind of check-in for them. All right, real quick before we go, give everybody your Twitter tag, your social media tags. I'd be bad on it. Um, for on Twitter, it's Coach. Dreadlock Rasta, Dread, L-O-C underscore, Ross, as in my last name, R-O-S-S-T-A. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Coach, and we'll we'll be in contact. Good luck to you. Appreciate it.